are just days away from a crazy UFC schedule that includes 10 events in the last two months of 2016. Hello, this is Ryan Middleton with MMA FanCast brought to you by Octagon247.com. MMA FanCast, the official podcast of Octagon 24-7. I am here with my co-hosts. First, we have a man who is uh, in roughly in his late 80s. 20s. He is Jim Sahara Mooney. What's up? What's up? What's up? That's it? That's all you get from me? And... Well, that's pretty much all the significant contribution you'll give to this podcast. But anyway, and also, we have a wonderful man. This is a man who finds ways to not do anything. He is Truth. Terry Dactyl. All right, Octagoners, here's the deal. Jim Sahara Mooney owes me 12 push-ups and has yet to do it, so I'm just calling him out for everybody to hear. So, Jim, tell me, why haven't you done those 12 push-ups that you owe me? Well, you can go to YouTube and check out Octagon 24-7, our website. Um, and when Dan realizes that I'm right, you'll see him do the 12 push-ups. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. They have this uh, flirty little bet going on where... They're saying who looked better in a 2-2 or something. Was that what the bet was, guys? A 3-3. A 3-3. Yeah. Anyway, um, we have a crazy schedule coming up, guys. Have you guys taken a look at the upcoming UFC schedule for the rest of this year? It's busy. It's busy. As a matter of fact, I went back um, and looked at like how the schedules played out each year, and I was wondering if there might be oversaturation for the fans and too much of it, but it's just, it's crazy. Um, fans just keep coming back. Well, I mean, with, and, and there's been talk with the new ownership of them really scaling back on the number of events. So this may be the last time we have um, a schedule that looks kind of the way it does now, where there's an event pretty much every week through the rest of the year. And even to the point where I think it's the third time that this is happening, where there's multiple UFC events in one day. There's a there's a, on November 19th. There's UFC Fight Night 99 and UFC Fight Night 100, which uh, one is in uh, Northern Ireland, the other one in Brazil, and that that's exciting to me that um, this that there there's that much MMA to go around for for people to enjoy. Well, a lot of that is it's going to be big regionally, wherever it's located. Um, hardcore fans are going to be able to keep up with it through uh, through the Fight Pass. But So if they're both on November 19th, which one are they going to show? Are they going to kind of you know cut back and forth depending on what the best fight is? Or what are they going to televise? Well, it'll, they'll both be on Fight Pass. Um, I don't know if the, I haven't even checked. Jim, if you could pull that up. Um if there is scheduling on uh, Fox Sports with either one of them or not, um, I'm assuming that at least one of them will be on Fox Sports. But you got to remember, Ireland is a big, huge time difference, so they're, they're, they could not be simultaneous. This could be happening in in the afternoon in the U.S. and be happening in the evening in in Ireland. And uh... yeah, the uh, Ireland event is happening 4 p.m. I guess that would be uh, well, actually 1 p.m. It's 4 p.m. our time, and then 9 p.m. for the Brazil card. So that's Eastern time. So those are two different times. They'll have a a stream on uh, Fight Pass. I, like I said, I don't know if the whole card's on Fight Pass. If you want to pull that up um, on MMA Weekly, that shows the breakdown of each um, of each card. But um, it's just an awesome schedule. We have. Um, just taking a look at dates, we have an event November 5th, November 12th, two on the 19th, November 27th. We have uh, one on December 3rd, December 9th, December 10th, December 17th, and December 30th. So it is a crazy schedule. 
um, and it could very well be the last time um, that we see a schedule like this that this intense yeah when I uh, just to finish what I was saying before in 2015 there were uh, 45 total events I think uh, either 12 or 13 of them were pay-per-views but still you know 45 weeks out of the year that's a lot of events and the popularity just keeps growing and growing I'm interested to see what happens next year you know, with uh, 2017 to see if they scale back like you had m- mentioned, Ryan. I haven't followed too much uh, on the change in ownership and what their uh, what their vision is, but I guess you know, as we get around the corner past 207, we'll be able to get a hold of or get a glimpse into what, what they plan on doing. I think if they scale back a little bit, it adds to maybe some of the hunger or excitement that fans would be looking for. Does it? I mean, would that change the dynamic? I mean, they've got what five hundred people under contract. If you scale back on the number of events, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to get less and less fights. So, how do you expect your undercard to get better if they're only fighting once a year? Well, I think having uh, having less people on the roster is really the answer. I think right now they have more people on the roster than they ever have. They have, I think, over five hundred fighters at this point, and you know, going back to 350 uh, fighters and letting letting the bottom tier guys go and some of the higher priced, um, you know, uh, gatekeepers. So are they? Are they when they keep these guys in a contract? They're only paying them when they fight, though. Correct. So it doesn't really cost them anything to have somebody under contract. Well, yes and no. I mean, ultimately. In order to have them under contract, you got to give them fights. Yeah, the way that it works, like through a Reebok's contract, the more uh, a fighter has fought in the UFC, the higher his pay scale. So if you're scaling back on somebody who may not be a big draw, who's, um, say, a veteran of the UFC, then you're taking some of that money out of the the overall purse that you're going to pay out to the fighters, and you can get it, give it to some younger fighters who are more exciting and have um, a, a potential to draw based on you know their fight action as opposed to the ones that they're they're getting rid of. I think that I just saw was it 20 or so, 15 or 20 that they cut from the uh, the overall roster. I yeah, could be I think, wrong, but it's I think those are going to keep um, keep increasing with as they go into the new vision with the new ownership uh, with WME, um, I think that all indications are there's going to be a scale back of events, a scale back of of, of fighters. They're going to. It even appears from you know some of the people, the executives that have been let go, that they're going to really focus on the United States um, and and not really on the international. Um, events as much. It's probably expensive to do all these international shows. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they gotta get to. I mean, I'll, I think a lot of the fighters pay their own way to get there. You're kidding me. No, I I think that, um, I I certainly think that the higher echelon fighters do, um, but I'm I, I'm not sure. Um, that's not my area. Any area of expertise with me. So, yeah, I'm uh, just piggybacking off of uh, what you said earlier. Beginning this weekend through the end of the year, there's going to be a fighter. If you know if you hadn't seen him on this week's card coming up, then fighter that uh, that you've been following is going to be on the next week, or you know two weeks after that. There's going to be somebody to see every single weekend until the end of the year. Three huge cards. Two oh six is really starting to be built up. Um, we know what's happening. At 207, that, that card is starting to, to round out. But obviously the big one that everybody's waiting for is 205. Yeah, and, and that's something that I think we, Jim, you and I, are really waiting for. And Terry, I think that you're kind of not as excited about that. Tell us why you why you why your level <laughs> well, of excitement let is. Let me ask you something, Ryan. Why are you so excited about 205? Okay, well, I'll, I can tell you why. We will be traveling... Um, on Wednesday um, of that week, which is uh, the 10th, 
It will I be believe. the 10th. And um, we'll be traveling uh, to, to start heading out toward New York City and uh, be staying out in Manhattan uh, just a block or so from Madison Square Garden. We're going to go to the weigh-ins. We're going to um, hang out, meet meet fighters, get some interviews, hopefully, for the show. Um, we're Is going... there anybody that you're going with? You going... Actually, it's funny you ask, because the person I'm going with is you. That's right. You. I am going. Yeah. And I think we tried getting Terry Dactyl. Well, to so Terry, Terry, are you excited for 205? I'm excited for 205. Who are you watching it with? Let me ask you that. I I assume I'll watch it with the guys around here. What guys around here? Uh John, Travis. Okay. So you're going to get you're going to get them all round up the troops? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to Are you going to um you're going to be calling us or FaceTime, like, hey, will you FaceTime live for me so I can pretend like I'm there? <laughs> if you'll have it, yes. <laughs> now, we have just briefly kicked this around. Um, just maybe uh, check in. Obviously, you want to go to octagon247.com. We'll have some more information up as we get closer to the fight. But we may do uh, like a Periscope live or Facebook live while we're there. Just to give you guys a feel for what we're experiencing, because our site, Authorgon247.com, is a site by the fans and for the fans. So to keep with um, our motto, we're going to try and and keep you guys tied into it, seeing what we're experiencing every day while we're out there. That begins Thursday morning, early Thursday morning. Um, let, let me... Know, on, for, for the fans that are out there, let me give you a little bit of background of what makes us different. I know that there's a lot of podcasts you can be listening to. There's a lot of great shows out there by professionals and fans alike. What we try to do here is bring you content, again, like we said, by the fans, from fans. That's great. But if you, if you go to Octagon247.com, you'll be able to see exclusive footage of when we as a group or as a pair have actually gone to these events and we get the live stuff that that you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, That's part of the appeal of what we're doing is that we're fans and so we're not asking journalist questions and we're not showing you everything that's going to be inside and anything that's that's already produced that you can see anywhere else. We're going to show you interviews on the street, in the hotel rooms, in the hotel lobbies, wherever we can. So that's just a little bit of a flavor from from what you'll see from us. Good point. Yeah, uh, we are um, we are we have a huge announcement, and we've been talking about Octagon247.com the whole way through all of the podcasts. If you're listening back to them um, in episodes one through four, if you listen to any of those, we mentioned Octagon247.com, but the thing was, we didn't have that up yet. And, and we are so excited to say that you can go on the site. We have gone live. Octagon247.com is now available on the internet. Is that what it's called? It yes. Internet. 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 I did, who? It used to be called the Internaut. Oh, really? N-A-U-T. Oh. Yeah, because uh, Greek, uh, I think uh, not is a Greek word for sailor. Inter not surfing the web. That's where that he? came from. I don't know. Fans, we're sorry about that. I wish you could get that last 15 seconds of your life back. But I'm it is going past. To... I'll bet you somebody out there is going to find that interesting. Not even a little bit. Uh, somebody. Al Gore. Whoever that is that out there, go ahead and email us at info at octagon247.com. So as we kind of delve into this week's topics, the first thing I want to talk about is this coming Saturday night, we have a an event, and it is the Ultimate Fighter Finale Latin America 3, and it's on it's in Mexico City, and we have a great lineup, um, a great card. We're, you know, this is a, a fight night card, but I'll tell you what, having a main event like R- Rafael Dos Anjos and Tony Ferguson is quite the main event. Jim, tell us more about this event. Well, so a lot of people know about RDA. Um, he just and and if you don't um, look him up, 
he is a big reason why Eddie Alvarez is um, being talked about a lot right now. Eddie Alvarez. I think Conor McGregor might have something to do with that. Well, too. yeah, he's got something to do with it too. But Alvarez just took the belt from uh, Dos Dos Anjos. Um, Tony Ferguson. This is going to be uh, this is going to be a tough fight. Ferguson though is is like a, a submission machine. So I'm interested to see how this fight plays out. If it's you know be uh, stand up, which um, you know would be exciting if that does happen. But I think it's going to go to the ground. And if uh, if Ferguson has his way, there's going to be a submission. You, you look at um, his last one, two, three, four, um, four of his last fights have been by submission in either the first or the second round. Um, fight of the night, um, most recently, performance of the night and fight of the night before that, and then performance of the night two consecutive times prior to that, um, with the last one being 184, UFC 184, where Rousey did not fare so well. Also on that card, we have Diego Sanchez, the nightmare versus Marcin Held. And Diego Sanchez, man, this guy goes at it every single fight. He has more fight of the night. Um, him and Joe Lozon have these fight of the night awards almost every time they fight. He's a scrappy guy. But this is a guy, he's 26 and 8. And at one point, he was 17 and 0. And you look at his last, uh, he has not been able to put on a string of wins in quite some time. Um, you know, as exciting as a fighter as he is for some people, um, I, for me, he, he doesn't really do it for me. Um, but he puts on a good, he puts on a lot of effort. And so you look back, looking back on him, since he fought Clay Guida and he was 21-2, and two, he has not won two fights in a row. He's won two fights in a row once, and he and the rest he's not won. He's only he's gone back and forth, win loss, win loss, win loss. He's had a real tough tough go of it uh, since that loss to to BJ Penn. You know, I think he, I don't think he's the same fighter that he once was. And uh, you know, at some point, the guy has been through some major major wars at the highest level. He's not a guy that's fighting the lower level. He doesn't have any lower level fights. He's fighting, you know, top 10, top 15 guys in a tough division. And so at some point, I think that um, Diego Sanchez is going to need to consider retirement. He, he can't continue to take these kind of shots. So, Dan, um, a question for you. Like when you hear this kind of conversation, Ryan is, he's like the uh, the history guy has been watching it for a long time consistently. I like the stats side of it. You coming from the casual fan perspective, you know, when you hear this kind of talk or you see a fight night like this coming up and the schedule that is ahead till the end of the year, how does that affect you and and? Yeah, so, you know, I, I, I saw RDA... Is it what do you guys call him? RDA. RDA. Okay, I saw RDA fight Eddie Alvarez. That was a pretty good fight. Is that the first time you saw him fight? Yes. You can remember? I believe so. That's the first time I remember seeing. In fact, I don't even really remember seeing him fight. I just remember Eddie Alvarez winning. And uh, I know Diego Sanchez from season one of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh I did see that. So um, those are probably the two names that I recognize. I can't say that I'll that I'll watch it. Um, I mean, obviously, if you guys are watching it together and you invite me over, I'll probably watch it. Um, but there's nothing there's nothing really there that pulls me in, especially when uh, we've got so many great pay-per-view fights that are coming up. It's kind of like you go up to a buffet the first time, you maybe try everything, but there's so much stuff there. The second time, you just get your favorites. And right now, I've got my I've got all of my favorites coming up. I've got pay-per-view fights with Conor McGregor and Ronda Rousey. Uh, I mean, just look at 207 alone. I mean, that's there's huge fights on there. So you're lo- you're looking for um, for the big fights and what you know would potentially be big paydays for both the UFC and the uh, and the winners. I definitely like big fights, and I also like guys that are up and coming. 
gals or girls. Um, oh, well, no. so, guys or gals. There we go. So like somebody like Cody Garbrandt. Okay. That's somebody that, you know, obviously, I don't know if a lot of casual fans know him, but because of Cleveland, okay. we met him in Cleveland. Um, I'm looking forward he to He fought here break. on the Pittsburgh card. Which I wasn't back at. Back in February. See, I miss out on things when I don't go to things with you guys. I miss out on these conversations. It could be very awkward after you guys go to New York City and I'm not there. You guys have all these inside stories. So you can be a part of that, Dan. It's a choice. You can you can be a part of that and not go to the event and just do the other stuff. It's will only be gone for six hours. You can handle it. You are a big boy. Now we are getting down to crunch time, so... You know, to all you octagoners out there listening to this, send us your thoughts on I'm, I'm why Terry Dactyl should go. We think he should be there. We think he should be there. And I we think you think he should be there. So no GoFundMe. It's called the Man Up page. Right, the Man Up. Cowboy so, Up. Just taking a look at the main events. Um, on some of the fight night cards through the rest of the year, we have Musasi and Uriah Hall. We have Ryan Bader and and Nogueira. We have uh, Luke Rockhold and Jacare. We have um, Paige Van Zant and Watterson. We have yeah. So that uh, there's the Ultimate Fighter Tournament of Champions finale on December third. I don't see a main event right off the bat. So there are some great main events as on these fight on these uh, fight night cards um, that are worthy of being on a pay per view uh, main card. Yeah, we just uh, we just saw <coughs> Musasi um, against Belfort, and you know yeah. he was just he was like slow and steady wins the race, except you know he was. It was like he was determined to just impose his will on Belfort that night. And he's coming back against Uriah Hall, who I, I he's one of my um, favorite fighters. Although, he, you know, he seems He's to, one of my dis- most disappointing Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I remember like when he first came onto the scene and I was excited to see his next fight and then his next fight. And then... There was like a uh, a downhill from there, and maybe he, I don't know if he overachieved, um, or if what we saw was you know uh, you know where he was winning, that's him, and he just saw, had lack of focus. But I saw explosiveness in him that he just hasn't seemed like he had that fire since then. I, I just yeah, don't understand it, it um, with as much talent and and. And power and speed as he has, he doesn't have that killer instinct that he he appeared to have early on when he was on the Ultimate Fighter. And then even from his his, you know, he's only shown that in very few flashes and very few spurts. And I'd really like to see uh, to see more of that. You know, he reminds me a little of uh, Phil Davis and his demeanor. You know his his ring presence coming in. You don't get the sense that he's a showboat. Um, that he's all about business. Um, but yeah, there, it's like there's something missing that you know, he doesn't have. Like you said, that that killer instinct. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and so, you know, there is a lot of great cards coming up. It's an exciting time. The first one is this Saturday night, uh, UFC Fight Night. Dos Anjos and Ferguson, great night. Make sure you uh, you you tune in for that on Fox Sports, and the prelims are on Fight Pass as well. We have uh, you now, know before you go on before you go on, I just wanted to um, point something out or pick something out about that fight card. Um, and we don't know a lot about uh, Marcin Held, that's uh, Diego Sanchez's opponent, um, but he's a fighter out of Poland. And just looking at his um, his history. I think this is a potential, this matchup could be a potential um, fight of the night, and we could see performance of the night coming out of there. Um, he's, uh, his record is, what, 22-4. He's got four wins by knockout, a bunch of submissions. He's got arm bars, rear naked chokes, knee bars, inverted heel hook, um, a couple toe holds, a triangle choke. 
Um, and of his victories, he's got nine first round finishes. So, I really expected him to to really get into the two turtle doves and a rear naked chokehold. That'll be on the next podcast. Oh, sweet. I'm but looking forward to that. That's my prediction. I don't usually go out on a limb like that. Because usually they break. That's true. That's true. But anyways, I'm ignoring that comment. I think that has potential. If you're going to be watching this Saturday night, um, to me, that seems to be the one that could be the fight of the night. And, um, yeah, so... That's a great night of fights. Uh, be sure to check that out. You know, look at, at what's been going on this week since we were last here. Um, I just hear and see that there's so much love for Michael Bisbing. Don't you guys mm. see all the love for Bisbing? I mean, you got he's the champion, and yet there isn't a single fighter that shows him an ounce of respect. The only respect he gets is... When Luke Rockhold, the only yeah, the only respect he receives is when Luke Rockhold said, oh, "Well, maybe I should have taken him a little bit seriously when I fought him." But Weidman recently saying that you know Bisbing, in, if he's fighting any of the top four fighters or so, would be the underdog, and he's the underdog of the division. And hey, you know what? If I'm if I'm Bisbing, I'm I'm taking that. The underdog is someone you can root for. And then he talks. I I kind of agree with Weidman, though. Um, he just, Bisping doesn't seem to get a lot of respect. And I think a lot of that has to do with his his cockiness, his, his mouth, um, and general disposition, you know, with how he portrays himself. Well, he portrays himself a little like Conor McGregor, but he just doesn't have the chops to back it yeah. up. Yeah, well, that, that's 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 a good way to put it. He's there's that the flamboyancy, yeah, the, the trash talk. But the difference with Conor McGregor is, is that when he gets in there, he's he's messing people up. See, I disagree. I think that Conor McGregor, when he says things, it's funny. When Bisbing says things, it's just annoying. Maybe I just maybe I'm just laughing. Well, that happens though. I say stuff to you guys, and I'm the only one laughing. Well, normally you're the only one laughing at anything you think is funny that you say. Sometimes true. Um. So yeah, um, Bisbing is a guy that he's not going to get much respect. I I don't see um see that at all. With that being said, there was a lot of talk and a lot of excitement that he could be on the, you know, 206 card. You know, originally it was him versus GSP. He was literally calling GSP out over social media and saying, sign the contract. Let's just do it for Toronto. Let's get this done. And, it, you know, it, GSP actually responded to him on Instagram and said, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. We had a good meeting, but it's not going to happen. So that's a little bit disappointing. But then we thought maybe that Nick Diaz might be the guy on the 206 card with Bisbing. But nothing has really taken place with that either. And Jim, you mentioned earlier that the UFC 206 card was starting to take hold and, and, and look like a legitimate card. And while I, I has picked up a solid fight, I look at this card and I, I I just am less than impressed. Well, I I think it's I don't I don't know I don't know what the I mean it's it's got a decent card. Uh, Max Holloway, Anthony Pettis. I'm looking forward to see seeing Pettis, um, see that fight. But I don't I don't know what's going on with GSP, and I think that's that's part of the allure to 206 um, that could take that card and. Absolutely. You put GSP on that card, it's a different card, and I have a different opinion of it. But looking at it now, there are two fights on this card that I that I want to see or have to see, and the rest I, I really don't, um, you know, it doesn't make one difference one way or another. Cup Swanson's on the card, Drew, Drew Dober, um, Pettis, obviously the uh, the main event with Cormier and, and uh, Rumble. Would it help to know that GSP was going to be at least there announcing a fight? No. 
No, not at all. No. Because I do maybe think... Maybe for the fans in attendance, maybe that makes a little bit of a difference. Yeah, I'd say locally. But it's not making a difference for the pay-per-view card. It's not making, you know... You're not going to get a great gate out of it. I think he's. I think he's going to have a fight. I don't know who it's going to be against. I, I don't see how you, on Michael, this card two hundred six. Yeah, yeah. It's only a month away. I know, but I think that with two hundred five being right around the corner and all the hype that's there, I think you got to save something to push for this card. So look, Terry Dactyl goes on record a lot around here. It's not a very I'm, good record. It's not a very good record. But I go on record and make the <laughs> statement. I'm going on record today and saying that GSP will have some sort of a meaning info, meaningful impact at that at that card. I think that he will be fighting, but at the very least, very minimum, he's got to have some sort of involvement. Well, I think he'll be there one way or another. I, in my personal opinion, is that he's going to be on the card. and uh, That's not an opinion. That's a prediction well okay my prediction then is he's going to be on the card how about that i'm going out on a different limb than terry dactyl how's that a different limb because if i'm on the same limb it's going to break okay true but you are not but you're coming to terry dactyl's side i am on terry it's dangerous territory my friend they're flirting again flirting again ladies and gentlemen so yeah i i think he's going to be on the card and i think it might even be um, a title shot against, against Bisping. Yeah. Now, so okay, look, as a casual fan, I would love to see that, but I don't understand after a few year break how you can walk right into a title fight. Because you are the pound for pound, pound for pound greatest fighter ever. Don't get me wrong. And he didn't I like lose. It. He didn't lose on his way out. He's. He's the biggest draw. It's just like Rousey, except it's a couple more years. Well, but Rousey lost. Well, he lost to Matt Sarah. That fight, though, was a controversial fight. Um, his last fight against uh, but he still won Johnny Hendricks. It yeah. wasn't con. I mean, it was close enough that it could have gone either way. Right. It wasn't like he should have lost. But it, it was. There was still, you know, uh, a cloud hanging over that fight that you know, maybe they gave it to him because. There was a talk that he was on his way out, so there might have been uh, some sentimental. Was there voting. talk that he was on his way out? There was. Yeah. I, I don't remember that talk. I, do. I I don't remember. I remember taking it. Uh, it being announced that he was taking a break, and and it being like, wow, I didn't, you know, didn't know that was coming. Um, but then, <clears throat> as it progressed, it became, you know, he might be retiring. But I don't remember there being a lot of talk ahead of ahead of that fight of him, you know, being done or anything like that. But maybe I just don't have a good okay. memory. Um, we really want to spend some time talking about UFC 205. That's um, something that is so exciting for two of us and a sore subject for the third of us um, because we will be in Manhattan at Madison Square Garden for the weigh-ins for the press conference. Q&A, fan Q&A. We will be at the fan Q&A. You guys do need to get tickets for those, though, right? Got them. Got them already. Mm -hmm. We got the weigh-in tickets. Good. That's the only tickets we know of. Um, The weigh-in tickets are gone. They are um, completely gone. Our tickets for the fight, thankfully, are significantly better than our tickets for the weigh-ins. And so we're... Uh, you know, this is just something we're so looking forward to. Um, Conor McGregor has been fairly, um, fairly quiet these last mm-hmm. couple weeks. I haven't really heard much of anything. I know that he's doing um, his own, his own pod uh, vlogs, the Mac Life, the Mac Life. I haven't really seen those. Have you watched those, Jim? I've just um, seen excerpts. Terry? But I, I think it's it's all been um, tied into 205 and uh, his last fight, just promotional. Yeah, yeah I have, I've not seen anything on it. Yeah, and, and that's maybe something I'm going to want to check out. I just have had a very hectic schedule. I'm actually going to be out of the country until our next podcast, um, which will be next uh, next Monday. We'll have that out for you. Um, 
be traveling to Hungary. And speaking of being hungry, 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 I'll I'll be in Hungary, and I'm going to transition that to talking about being hungry. Okay, so I want to let me take over. Yeah, right here, you go and okay? do it. Shortly before we uh, came in to do the podcast, we were in Rye Dog's office, and I had seen this in there. It's got to be. It's at least two weeks now, um, maybe even longer, but it is, it's hard for me to see this and to let something like this go to waste. And for, you know, those octagoners out there who will understand what I'm talking about once I say it, um, it just, it befuddles me. There is, and in this area, in the Pittsburgh area, Western Pennsylvania area, you know, to be more precise, it is very difficult to get a certain snack to find it on the shelves, and it is Jack's, the cheese curls. There is a bag, and it's I believe it's like the, the family size, the hunger buster size, unopened, and like for my family, it's my wife, we got two young kids, they're nine and eleven, and when when we when my wife or myself find one in a store, we buy a bag, and there's always a fight to be the first one to open the bag and get that first fresh cheese curl because there's nothing like that crunch. Let me just tell you, these are not your average cheese curls. If you've never had Jack's, I don't know if these are a local thing to Pittsburgh or not, but Jack's are unbelievable. And here's the sad thing. You have to be looking for them. You don't just happen upon them. They are never in the snack aisle. They're always on like an end cap. They're always separated by themselves. But these are not your normal cheese curls. These are unbelievably good, and they are hard to find. So I've had them sitting in my office, and we're getting coffees before we come in here, and and Jim's like, why have these been sitting here for weeks? I couldn't take it anymore. And, and, And so I told him, I went on a diet. I went on a diet, and I I haven't, like, these are my favorite, too, and I haven't been tempted by them. I haven't opened them. So maybe once I lose a couple pounds, I can afford to. Well, he's not, I, I can assure you that he won't be eating that bag. If he does dig into a bag of Jack's in the near future, it'll be a different bag because that bag is leaving our studios tonight. It is not. It is it leaving is not. the studio. No, they're too hard to... No, you are not... Check into Octagon247.com to follow up on this, but the Jacks, which have been here for at least two weeks, are leaving. They are exiting... Exit stage right. How about that? Well, uh, that'll be... If if that's the case, then there will be a lawsuit because that is theft. Just like there will be a lawsuit... That Mark Hunt is looking into to file a lawsuit against the UFC. Excellent I think that's segue. a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. That is sour grapes. That is wasting your money. I think only the lawyers were one in that. Um, I, you know, look, you lost to Brock Lesnar. Say what you will about the man's intake of whatever substances he tested positive for. He lost the fight. He needs the man up and and go fight another one and and not worry about it in court. Yeah, I, I think I mean, we've obviously gotten to be a litigious society, and there's going to be some sort of settlement. He's going to get money out of this, wrong or right. That's where it's going to go. But um, UFC has a history of, in the courtroom, just being relentless and brutal and shutting everything else down. And I don't think he will get a, a, a thing. Um, but this is what... This is what um, was said by uh, a lawyer for Mark Hunt. He said, we've got the UFC's own anti-doping policy, which also gives the UFC the ability to take away Lesnar's purse, and it's broad enough to include any money that he makes from the result of these fights. So theoretically, the UFC, upon the finding of a violation, could take all of the money back from Brock. Not only the, the $2.5 million purse, but anything he earned from pay-per-views, if he had a win bonus, all of that, and then put it into its anti-doping program. Or better yet, and we'll, and what we'd like to see happen is the person that had 
to get in the ring with him gets allocated that money. And he goes on to say he feels taken advantage of by the UFC. He's certainly looking at the UFC to make it right. And he hasn't seen that happen yet. What are your guys' thoughts? Is is it the right thing to do to take away Lesnar's money and give it to give it to Hunt? I this can tell the you they won't t- be doing that. They will not be taking so so look, Brock Lesnar saved that show. Up until Brock Lesnar was gonna be fighting on that, and you know, you had the the whole thing with uh, McGregor falling out. You had Jones dropping out. Okay, so look, Cormier and Anderson Silva, cool fight, but it's not a main main card draw. It, it's it's a nice co, but it's not the main. The main draw of that was Brock Lesnar. So don't tell me about taking his money away. He is the one that made two. You know, he's the one that made two hundred. What it is, and without him being on that show, it is a gigantic flop. It, well, the, um, that that card though ended up being a flop, um, based on the hype leading up to it. it. And had that had the fights that they had lined up actually come through, it would have been a tremendous card because we had John Jones um, had to bow out, um, Conor McGregor, and uh, the, whole the PR con- yeah, that was just. So 200 ended up being a big letdown. In my opinion, I thought it was a bust, basically. So by default, um, the Lesnar fight became the main event. And, I mean, it was something I wanted to see. Well, it wasn't the actual main event. Well, right, but um, I, I, wanted, I wasn't interested in it. But, you know, once he was announced, I'm not a Lesnar fan. I wanted to see him get knocked out by Mark Hunt. And... You know, Mark Hunt has got all he needs is he's a you know one punch knockout artist, and I thought for sure it was going to happen, but uh, Lesnar pretty much imposed his will that night. Well, that that leads us away from the question, which okay, yeah, was yeah. the question is, if a guy is using j- drugs and 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 cheating, does the other fighter deserve some type of compensation for being put in that situation or? taking money away from one guy's uh, purse and giving it to the other guy for violating the rules. Um, that may be a conflict of interest, though. I think if you're going to do anything, again, this is all in theory. How's that a conflict of interest? Well, it's a conflict of interest because what if you've got a fighter that's fighting somebody else and then all of a sudden, you know, puts something in their, uh, you know, accidentally slips them something in a drink or something like that and they end up sh- testing positive for opium or something like that from who knows what they put in it right again some of this stuff is far-fetched but you know just think about that if that were to ever come up and you've got a huge purse like that going to mark hunt i'm sorry but mark hunt doesn't deserve 2.5 million dollars for that fight brock lesnar made that fight brock lesnar was the draw he was the one that brought the eyeballs that's why he gets 2.5 there's no punishment for lesnar he still gets his full purse well, I, you know, obviously I am completely biased. Terry Dactyl was a huge Brock Lesnar fan, and without Brock Lesnar being on that card, there there really wouldn't have been a draw. So that's just... For you. For me, for a casual fan, I don't think Cormier and Anderson Silva are going to draw that. I don't think, you know, Misha Tate and Amanda Nunez are going to draw that. So, yeah, I, I think he made that fight. I think if it's anybody else... Um, I don't really have a problem with it, because, but because Brock Lesnar made that show and stepped out of what he was doing to go compete in something else, I'm okay with it. I don't think that that uh, that Mark Hunt should get any of his money. Brock Lesnar should definitely be fined. He should lose some of that purse, like the the mention uh, was here in the article, that whatever that fine is should go back to. Um, the anti-doping agency, but I don't think Hunt is entitled to any of that. And I liken it, I know this is uh, like apples to oranges, but I liken it to the situation where, you know, you had the big uh, Deflategate scandal with uh, with the Patriots, and, you know, that after that was all said and done, you can't go back and then award a victory to the team that lost absolutely. because of that. So absolutely. It's it just it doesn't make sense to then take somebody's purse 
and you penalize that fight. You definitely penalize him. I think that's that's the correct thing to do. But you can't just give money to the other fighter. It doesn't make sense. There's an asterisk. Sure. Right. Right. That's what it is. It's not changing the outcome. There's an a- is it asterisk or asterisk or asterisk. Asterisk. There we go. Right. <laughs> whatever that is, that little squiggle thing or whatever it is, is going to show up under that fight. It's not going to change the decision. It's not going to change the payout to the fighters. Uh, if they want to find Brock Lesnar and Usada once you know puts it back into their program, uh, I'm okay with that as long as it's realistic. You know, no no more than ten percent of that purse. Um, I'm okay with that, but not not giving it to Mark Hunt. No. There's the old adage that there's no such thing as bad publicity. UFC is big enough, like Ryan, you had mentioned before, that they can squash this. But I think ultimately there's going to be some sort of settlement. He's not going to go away quietly because he was pretty um, vocal right after that announcement was made. And he had some uh, some bad things to say about Lesnar. Well, I mean, I think there's an overall bad taste in a lot of the fighters' mouths for those people that are caught using PEDs. And, and I think there should be. I mean, if you're a guy that's staying clean and you see guys that are more successful than you that are getting busted and they get a, you know, a six-month... Um, six month suspension and then they're back at it again which they would have taken four months off for between a fight anyway it's not very encouraging to those fighters so hey wanting to clean that up i'm all for that so um you know i would have a problem with that if i were a clean fighter as well and ultimately i think we want all of our fighters to be clean everyone should have the same should have the same uh, rules for playing the game we have um the three big pay-per-views coming up, UFC 205, UFC 206, UFC 207. I want to talk a little bit about each of these cards as we uh, wind down in the final uh, 15 minutes of the of the podcast. We have UFC 205. This week, we heard a little bit from Alvarez, and you can, you can look at UFC, uh, or rather um, Octagon247.com. There's an article on there about... Alvarez potentially playing into McGregor's hands. And really what it's talking about is Alvarez isn't one to call what round he's going to win, how he's going to win. He was He's just been a guy that's always said, you know, I'm going to go in there, I'm going to win, that kind of thing. But Conor McGregor's the guy that says, I'm going to win, do this in this round and all of that. And then he takes, so he, he predicted this week that he would beat him that that Alvarez would beat McGregor in the second round late in the late in the round he was going to catch him with a big shot and then take him take him to the ground and submit him which was exactly what Nate Diaz did to him at UFC 196 so the question i have is is he playing into his into McGregor's hands he's he's predicting the only way that McGregor's lost in recent history and he's also saying things like that all McGregor has is that left hand. Well, I'm sorry. I hate to tell you this. McGregor's a very dynamic fighter. And if you think all he has is that left hand, you're going to be in big, big trouble come November 12th. Your thoughts? Um, I said last week that I, I think that's... It's going to be a difficult fight for uh, for each of them, no matter what. And what uh, McGregor needs to do is, this is aside from the talk right now, just covering the fight and what I see as the outcome, McGregor's best chances are within the first round and a half to two rounds. If it goes further than that, that's where the, uh, the stamina comes into play. And I think Alvarez, then uh, it starts to go in his favor. Now, going back to what you said, Ryan, he's, he's playing right into his hands. That is Conor McGregor's game, and anything he can do to get his opponent off his game, you know, is is a bonus. Any fighter that can do that to their opponent, um, but McGregor is is a different story. And if he's got Alvarez doing the trash talk back and forth, which Alvarez really isn't into that, and he's not the flamboyant fighter like McGregor is, then it is. 
I think then that really plays into McGregor's hands, especially for the beginning of that fight. And maybe maybe Alvarez tries to shoot because um, one thing you know McGregor's uh, has brought in uh, didn't, who did he bring in? But he's he's focusing heavily on wrestling in this camp, so he's going to be prepared for it. Um, you're not going to catch. He's not a fighter. You're going to catch off guard, but. If this continues to go down this, you know, if he continues to go down this path all the way to um, November 12th, it's it's all McGregor. And I think it'll be a, a quick end, you know, within the first round. Uh, you know, I obviously, you know, huge Conor McGregor fan. I, I think I was a little bit more confident uh, in the weeks leading up. Now that we're getting a little closer, the more that I hear, the more that I read, I'm not really sure what to think about this fight. I think either fighter is capable of ending it within the first round or two. The longer that fight goes, I think the harder it could get on somebody like Conor McGregor. I don't even know from a business outcome what I'd like to see. What makes the most sense? Does it make the most sense, you know, just from a casual fan's perspective that Conor McGregor wins it, he's got the double belts, or does it now elevate Eddie Alvarez? And now all of a sudden Eddie Alvarez beats Conor McGregor and, you know, he can go on and just, you know, similar to when, you know, uh, Mickey Gall fought CM CM Punk, that made Mickey Gall, right? Does this fight make Eddie Alvarez? We'll find out in a few weeks. Uh, See, I think Eddie Alvarez, this would put him over the top, but I, I mean, the guy's made. Uh, He's the lightweight champion. That's a very competitive division. He's the king of the, king of the hill right now and regardless of what happens in this fight i think his his uh legacy as he's always been right at the top and he's finally won the belt now it would be a a a tarnish to only hold the belt for one fight but i think he's he's as far as his legacy goes um he'll always be looked at as a as a tough guy i don't think a win over a a champion at one 45 that's never um, fought or even beating McGregor I don't know that that will be looked on historically as some great achievement a guy that went up in weight and so I I don't know that that's necessarily the case also on the 205 card just one quick comment yeah I think if Conor McGregor is going to beat Eddie Alvarez he's going to have to beat him within the first probably two rounds it's going to have to knock him out well that could be true. I have to think that they've been doing so. I, I don't know that his stamina is that bad. Is it an anomaly against Nate Diaz? Like, what? what, what is that? I think time will tell. But I think here's the problem with something that Alvarez said is he said, I'm going to beat him in the second round. It's going to be a a, a I'm going to catch him with a big shot and then and then take him down. Well, what if you don't get that big shot? Are you going to be like, oh, crap, like, is, is it going to cause you to start second-guessing yourself? Is that going to be in your head? Are you waiting for a, one big shot? Are you just w- waiting to lay him one big shot? If you are, that's playing into Connor's hands. Those are all things that I don't like hearing from a champion I feel like leading up into the fight, his mind is not where it typically is. When you go outside that comfort zone, which he's he's venturing into, it's not usually a good result. And that's what I'm starting to see, and that's what got me thinking that. You uh, Octagon247.com, there's an article about that. Check it out. We're going to move on to talking about UFC 206. A couple of things I want to talk about from this past week. The betting line came out. And Cormier is a favorite, a small favorite over Anthony Johnson. What do you think about him being a small favorite? He, this is a guy he's already beaten. Um, he beat him fairly decisively, and um, he comes in to the fight as a small favorite. You know, I, I originally liked Daniel Cormier, and I was really looking forward to a lot of his fights. I think one of the things that I'm noticing, though, is that it seems like he's – typical wrestler and then he takes the guys down and holds them down there for a while and burns out the clock and I haven't really as much as I like Daniel Cormier just because of some of the ties to professional wrestling and you know he's got a really impressive record fought John Jones the whole build up to that 
I haven't really been super impressed with a lot of his fights. I have. Um, the one thing that I found interesting about this, and we've talked about this in the past, at least, you know, you and I, Ryan, have, and that is we want to see fighters go out there and go for the finish. And we're looking for, you know, somebody to just basically stand toe-to-toe. And it doesn't even have to be a knockout Right, finish. but you know, I'm just saying. But going to just end the fight. Go at it, right. And, um, and Cormier wore down Rumble the last time that they fought, and he used his wrestling. And this time, Cormier said that he's not going to use that. So that's, you know, I think he needs to use that um, to his advantage because if you're going to stand and throw blows with uh, with Rumble, I don't think it's a smart move. That's like Ronda Rousey trying to stand up with Holly Holm. She would never do that. No, she wouldn't. Oh. Oh, wait, she did. She did. Oh, yeah, yeah. she did. That's yeah, right. That's all, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't believe a fighter pre-fight talking about what his strategy is going to be in the fight. I don't believe him for one second until the fight actually happens. When I say, unless it's Chel Sonic, because he, he literally tells you what he's going to do. But Cormier, I don't believe him that he's going to stand toe-to-toe for any length of time. I think that's a the most dangerous thing he can do. Champions don't tend to try to do the most dangerous thing. They try to do the the most the safest thing. So I think that would be foolish, so I don't believe him at all. Stick stick to your game, Daniel Cormier. Yeah, if you hear us, and you probably are listening to us now, so stick to your game. Like Terry Dactyl said, who has made who's gone out on the record several times, um, maybe don't listen to him. So listen to me and Ryan and stick to your game. Sahara knows his stuff. I do. What was I saying? I don't know. I wasn't paying any attention. Um, UFC 207. Neither was anyone else. Don't worry. Thank you. UFC 207. The news for this week there is we have Dominic Cruz, who has opened as a favorite over Cody Garbrandt. He's about a 2-1 to one favorite, guys. Where, where do we like that? I really like this matchup, and I cannot wait to see Dominic Cruz and his awkward fighting style get knocked the heck out by Cody Garbrandt, who throws a big shot and ends it within the first two rounds. Wow. No one's ever, ever come close to finishing finishing him that quickly. I, I just don't I just don't he's hard to hit. Cody Cody's hit. not messing around. He's looking to end that fight. And I think that he's gonna connect. I think it is the natural transition to get Dominic Cruz. If I if I sound biased, I am. I do not like Dominic Cruz. I do not like watching his fights. He's got that odd fighting style. It is very it is awkward. And I, I've seen, you know, several of his fights against Uriah Faber. Uh both, you know, again, maybe if you're you know, if you're into the technicality of of you know the watching sweet a points fighter. Or, yes, exactly. I am not I love a guy like Cody Garbrandt, and I cannot wait to see the slugfest that he brings on Dominic Cruz. It is going to be an interesting fight. I think uh, two to one, um, when we get closer, uh, is probably going to draw even. But uh, I am predicting a knockout by Garbrandt. I, you know, I you're on the Terry Dactyl train today. Yeah, I am T- team team Terry Dactyl. Um, but I don't know what round that's going to happen. I just see that that will be the ultimate outcome. Just he's, I, I think he's going to find his timing and figure out Dominic's movements, as odd as they may be. But I think he's going to connect more than once. But you know, it's going to be an accumulation, and he's going to he's going to catch him one time where it's going to be lights out. As we wrap up here today, there's a couple other things that happened in the MMA world we just want to touch on very quickly. Um, There's a report. There are multiple reports from multiple sources. It looks like this is going to happen. We have Fedor Emelianenko coming back and fighting again. It's believed that it's going to happen in Bellator against Matt Mitrione. Early 2017, 
So that is a bit of information. We also have Frank Mir, who has announced that he's trying to get out of his contract with the UFC so that he can fight in K1. I think that is a big mistake on Octagon247.com. I wrote about that, and I want you to check it out because I think it's a huge mistake. I think that guys uh, need to realize... When it's one, time to get out. When their head has been jarred so many times, um, there's just the Chuck Liddell factor. Chuck Liddell used to take punches like you you couldn't believe, and then later on in his career, he took one of those punches, and it was just knocking him out every time. And so I don't want to see that to happen to Frank Mir. The guy's a, a great guy. He's a smart guy. I don't want to see him walking around with slurred speech and, and brain damage. So... That's it. We are so thankful for you to be with us. Again, we have launched the site. It's octagon247.com. We'd love to uh, love to see you check out, check it out, give us some feedback. Um, we're looking forward to this venture. And um, for, on behalf of the crew of the Posse of MMA Fancast and octagon247.com, enjoy the fights. Dos Anjos and Ferguson this weekend. We'll be with you next week.